welcome back to the Den Mothers podcast. You are here with your favorite sisters and Den Mothers, Lauren and Camille. Hey. Did you know that your Den Mothers provide additional exclusive content on their Patreon page? That's right, folks. You may not know that we have eight additional bonus Q&As for our VIWP members. So if you are interested in gaining more exclusive content, interacting with us more, and getting included in a once a month raffle to win a two-on-one session with the two of us, Head over to patreon.com slash the dead mothers to join our exclusive membership group today. I'll tell you a little something about something that I'm having going on this week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not jumping into weekly updates. This is just a side note. Okay. <laughs> side note. I can't stop drinking specialty drinks. What do you mean? I have been drinking my special matcha latte in the mornings. Then I like to do a golden milk. I've been loving to drink cacao again. First, it was giving me rage. Now it's making my heart slam right open and make me very productive. Wow. I'm drinking coconut milk, a little bit of Coca-Cola. It's like I can't stop drinking these specialty drinks. Well, I don't think that's a big deal. And it's so weird because here we are on opposite sides of the planet. Well, I don't know if we would call them opposite sides. Both We're both in North America, right? Or are you in South America or Central America? Nope, I'm in also North America. But if you went one country below, aren't you now in Central America? America. No, Central America. Central America actually isn't a country. Well, neither is South America. <laughs> or I mean a continent. <laughs> Sorry. I know. Central America. Lauren, can you name all seven continents? Yes. Do it. Oh my God. You're humiliating me. Okay. Number one. Bratislava, Slovakia. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Number one. Africa. North America. Antarctica. Australia. Asia. Well, the Middle East is Africa. I only have five so far. Don't say anything. Okay. Are both of the poles one? Antarctica? We have Australia. Europe. Duh. Europe. Right. Right. um, You missed one that I think you thought you said already. South America. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So. Way to bring it home for the sisters. Very nicely done. <laughs> you, I'm literally, I am profusely sweating. I don't know if people will be able to tell, but I just got so nervous that I was going to be that, that. And you know what? If you couldn't have done it, you're not stupid, but you just need to brush up a little bit. Right. I got weirdly obsessed with this TikTok page at one point where this guy stops <laughs> in New York City and asks people questions that. Honestly, like on the spot, I can see how it's jarring. Like what I just did to you. I didn't mean for it to be jarring. I just kind of wanted it to be a little bit funny. But people get it so horrifically wrong. And then he just goes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what his page is, but I'll find it and link it because I feel like this guy deserves credit. His page is really funny. Oh and my gosh. So it has you lose a little bit of hope for America. Crap. Not, not good. That's anyway, so embarrassing. Don't have shame if you can't mention all seven. It is hard. And that's like second grade geography. It's not like most of us remember that kind of stuff. <laughs> I did think that I had already said South America. I know. I knew you thought you said that one. And I'm like, you have all of them. You just didn't. You couldn't remember. Very, very good, Lars. I was getting pretty turned around about Europe. Right, right. I was wanting to say the Middle East, but I then know. I'm like, that's northern, northern Africa. Mm-hmm. I saw you almost go Middle East for number six. <laughs> Glad I knew it wasn't right. So, 
you were going to say something about us being, we are in the same continent, but clearly different countries. We're in the same continent, but I have also been, so as many of you know, if you listen to our podcast, I talked pretty extemporaneously (laughs) about my decision to cut out caffeine. Mm -hmm. Well, recently when I was over in Washington, I found this coffee shop and they made the most delicious lattes. And I realized that it doesn't hurt my stomach as much to have a latte now that I've cut out gluten. Right. So I've been doing my one o'clock latte writing sessions. And I will tell you that I feel like a better person. I love to have a coffee, but I'm never a morning coffee person. I'm a one o'clock PM coffee person. And I drink half of the latte and that's all I need. Okay. You're really bringing it home. Yeah. That is so, you know what? It's nice to have a vice. I don't, you know, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. People get, people get energy from different things. It's not like caffeine is bad. I too cut out caffeine for quite some time, almost a year. And now I do my matcha latte, which feels really good. But even matcha, you know, if I do a heaping scoop, if I put more than a teaspoon, which is what you're supposed to do. I'm getting like 35 milligrams of caffeine and half of a latte is probably about 50 milligrams. So it's not like they're that different. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. This is something that I did not mention. What? One of our episodes when we were talking about caffeine, I said a Starbucks coffee is between 85 to 100 milligrams of coffee. A matcha latte is about 16. Milligrams of caffeine milligrams of caffeine and you said whoa no the starbucks is way less than that i went and searched this because i was really curious i was not wrong that's actually the lowest end of caffeine in any particular starbucks coffees some of them go all the way up to hundreds of milligrams 250 milligrams of caffeine, right? 300 milligrams. Like there, it's so much caffeine. I don't know how people can do that because it makes my vagina hurt. It literally gives me the symptoms of a UTI if I drink so much caffeine. Like it makes, and I asked my doctor about it because I was like, why is it that when I drink caffeine, my bladder hurts. Like I was getting bladder like contractions kind of, and like right. having to hold my bladder when I would pee, like, like pushing on my stomach. Cause it was so weird down there. And she's like, yeah, caffeine is really an, an excess of caffeine is not good for your uh, urinary tract. Yeah. It, it does so something. To the, it does something to your, I'm sure somebody will be able to know this better than me, but it does something to your, um, like capillaries or your uh, something down there and it's not good anyway wow so anyway we're both back on a little bit more caffeine and I've been drinking cacao again but I've been doing it in a different way I've actually been sitting with my cacao and setting an intention for it I think that herbs and plants like that yes they do yeah I do that so- with coffee Okay. Yeah. I think that's more important. I just like having a little bit of gratitude saying with this, I'm going to open my heart. I'd like to spark a little bit of creativity in me today or like be a little bit more productive rather than just getting something and slamming it in five seconds. I feel like the cacao wasn't liking that. That's why I was getting angry from it. Right. Okay. So speaking of that, today we are talking about rage and this is one of my favorite well you know I have a lot of favorite topics but I love talking about rage especially when it comes to rage in the feminine sense and in unlocking rage so I'm really excited to get into this topic today and first let's dive right into our weekly updates what do you think Lewis? I love a weekly update I'll go first this okay which feels unique Yes. Well, it's only been a few days since we've recorded. Okay. Has it? God, it feels like it's been two weeks. Feels like it's been two weeks. But I'm just 
doing so great. There is nothing else to say other than I'm doing so great. Ice bath stuff is going really well. I'm learning a lot more. I have been interacting and having so much fun with my friends, doing little movie nights. I go see my friend at her vintage shop, Little Cacao. I've been dancing. Actually, on Monday night, <laughs> there's a cool bar in Tulum called La Cuisine. And in the Centro one, they have a great DJ up on the rooftop. And it's a total vibe. Very hipster centric. I don't even know. It's just such a cool space. So I've recently discovered what my type is. <laughs> okay. Is this your type of man or your type of food that you like? This is my type of man. Okay. I... My friends like to consider them ethnic hipsters. <laughs> ethnic hipsters. Yeah. Okay. If you have a mullet, that's better than anything. If you <laughs> have like a mullet with some ear piercings and you kind of have cool Tulumi clothes on, just consider me dead. <laughs> Whoa. I don't think that those people necessarily are like me. <laughs> Camille. Well, it's just that my style isn't, I'm not a hipster, but it's just, those are the people who intrigue me for some reason. And this place is full of them. It's okay. full of hipsters. So we just thought it would be fun to go and dance. I did the smallest bump of ketamine ever. Like didn't even think it was going to do anything and had, what did I have? Maybe two sips of a mezcal drink. I wasn't drinking at all. And <laughs> I went from thinking, whoa, I'm having really crazy, crazy deja vu right now. Cool. Okay, anyways, so I went from having just dancing with my girlfriend, big group, we had a big group, just dancing to I thought I was dancing at what was the largest Red Rocks concert of all time, maybe. <laughs> wow. It was just the most fun you've ever had. It was so fun. And the guy who was playing, who, the DJ, who I think is a local DJ, was playing dance music, but mixed with like 80s funk. And I, it was just the best night ever. I've just been having, every time I go out lately, it's just the best time ever. Wow. Yeah, I'm really stepping into just letting go and remembering that I'm allowed to have fun. Oh. <sighs> I love yeah, that. That's been really good. That's kind of been a lesson for me in the past couple months is that in my past relationship, everything was always an emergency. Mm. So there was this sense of motherhood that I felt right. in relationships. So whenever I would be having fun, there was always this external energetic pull to make sure that my partner was okay. Right. Like, what's going to happen? Are they going to overdo it? Are they going to have like a little, you know, emergency? It always felt like an emergency. So when I was kind of getting back into the party scene, like drinking a little bit or just dabbling with, you know, some controlled substances, I felt so tense in my body. And it actually took quite a few experiences with my friends just telling me like, you're safe to relax and holding me and just like giving me a lot of reassurance that it's okay to relax. I don't have to worry about anyone for me to kind of break through that. And mm. now that I've broken through that, it kind of, it feels like how it used to feel when I would party, which was just so full of life, so fun, such a social butterfly, making connections, dancing with people. Like I finally am feeling free again in my body. Aww. I love that. Yeah, me too. That's nice. It's so super nice. Man, well, I can't wait to party with you or dance with you again. I miss you. I know. This is, I miss you so much. This is the longest Lauren and I have been apart for kind of ever. Not kind of. This is the longest we've ever been apart. I, I think in our whole life, right? Well, in... Other than the two years that I was alive when you were not. This is so sad, actually. It's so sad. I miss you so much. 
when I get to pick you and Rudy up from the airport, I am going to really make it special. Wow. This time apart for us, it's so interesting. I thought I was going to be sadder about it. Me too. Is that but bad? But I think we kind of both needed a little figuring out. We're both in such different places in our life, and I feel like we needed a little bit of space to figure out who we were without each other. <laughs> I know it, kid. We still talk all day, every day. Yes. And also, it's been fun to experience our own stuff, but it does feel like all of a sudden I, I am missing you now that we're talking about it. I know. I am over. I'm over it. So luckily, we, we're, I guess we're sort of coming in on the home stretch, but. Sort of. I know. Maybe. I don't know. I keep saying I'm going to come to Tulum, but. Anyway. Anyway. How's your okay. week, ours? Well, my week has been really wonderful. I am in this, well, things are, things are feeling good in my neck of the woods. Shane is returning to a big boy job, Oh, which, which for whatever reason, let me see here. Am I about to start crying? You are? No. I thought maybe I was. I just, I just love him so much that it seriously is overwhelming sometimes. Like, your heart. I, my heart just almost can't take it. I am going to start crying because it is so wonderful to be with a man that I just feel like his greatest desire is for my life to be really beautiful. Like, he wants me to have such a beautiful life. And that's, like, his number one thing. And it just feels so nice to be cared for like that. So, anyway, geez. But, yeah, you know, it's been an interesting journey because I was doing coaching when Shane and I met. And I really encouraged him to leave his last position because he was really unhappy. And so he left his job. And went to pursue writing and he took a year off. Like he has not worked for, it's been over a year and to pursue writing and we moved to Mexico and we've just done so much in that year. Yeah. It's also been really unstable, not, not in a bad way, but just not, there hasn't been a grounding force. Like we didn't have income that we were sure about. We, cause you know, for my, job it could be I get a couple clients a month or I don't get any for a couple of months you know it's just I really trust that whatever's coming is coming but it's like so we had that we were both going through our own I turned 30 he turned 40 so that those are big thresholds for people you know Mm -hmm. then we sold our house moved to a different country it wasn't for us so then we moved to we've just been all over the place and so this last week, I've just been crying a lot in gratitude and feeling like this big chapter of sort of um, excited chaos is leveling out. And I just feel some relief. I feel really good. We Shane knows the direction that he wants to go in his life. So it feels like the job is great. It's for a startup. It's a really cool company. And I have my van back. So anyway, I'm not soup. I'm not very superstitious, but I will just say that the other day, my parents have this, Camille, you know about this snake, but my parents <laughs> have this really funny rattlesnake that it's, well, it's not really funny. It looks super real. Okay. And so it's terrifying. And so, you know, I'm staying right now in my van in my parents' driveway And I keep getting packages sent here for the van. We're working on the van, the van, the van. And so the other day, Brett, my stepdad, put the rattlesnake right next to the box. So I go pick up the box and I jump, you know, because I'm like, oh, my gosh. Even though this snake has been in our lives for, I don't know, 10 years, like it's kind of a family joke to hide the snake. Well, so we're talking in the house about the snake, about the snake. We want to get Shane with the snake, the snake, the snake. 
So Shane and I are like, we're going to go run an errand. And we pull out of the driveway. We had just come in to the, to the house. Okay. So we had just driven the van in. We talk about the snake. We see the snake. We take our other car to drive out of the driveway, maybe 10 minutes later. And across the driveway is this huge, I don't know what kind of snake it was. Gopher snake? I don't know. Snake? I forget. It's not a poisonous snake, but it was a real, I said to Shane, stop the car, stop the car. It was completely extended across the driveway, like a broomstick laying down. And it was huge. It was maybe five feet long. Four oh to five feet long. If I had held it up, it would have been, I think, five feet long. And like oh. thick. Yes, thick. And so I need to call our stepmom and see what the symbolism of it is when a snake crosses your path. You know, he, he was crossing our path. And so I'm sure that there's some magical. Usually money with snakes. Well, that feels about right. So, well, you're, God, that's yeah. beautiful. We'll post a picture of the snake on our Patreon if you want to yes. see it. Okay, we'll post a picture of the snake on the Patreon. And also, I'm excited because within the past week, Shane and I, we are going to Costa Rica for 12 days to go see if that's a place that we actually would want to buy some land. So we're going to visit where Camille is moving and it's going to be really fun. So we're leaving on Sunday in a couple days. We are going to Costa Rica for 12 days. Oh my God. That's so exciting. I'm so jealous because I'm loving where I am here and I'm really just soaking in this last five weeks that I'm here. And also I'm just so excited to go to Costa Rica and I still have a few months. Like I won't be there till end of July. So I'm like, okay. Oh my gosh. I'm ready. Yes. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm excited to talk about this subject today. So let's get into it. Okay. Let's do it. Let's get into rage. So I began therapy this week. Yeah, you started therapy. Yes. What type and of Jungian therapy. This woman is incredible. I think she's probably 65 or 70. She lives in Ireland. Shane worked with her several years ago and recommended that I do. She's written books about the womb and nature. She's totally my person. So... I'm just going for it, paying out of pocket, because when you are doing work on yourself and you're, you know, that's what I do as coach people. I just believe you have to be investing in yourself. So yeah, I'm really excited to be working with her. But, you know, in relationship to that, I was just kind of sitting with myself around this component of rage that has kind of come into my life recently it within the past couple of years and how I've talked about it a lot with uh, with my clients and other women around this component of unexpressed rage that we have inside of us as women and so much of that comes from our ancestors, you know, the way that we maybe saw our grandmother treated, our mothers treated, the way we've been treated by the masculine and by society at large, you know, abortion rights, who we can marry, anything that plays into this. Racism, you know, sexism, not being paid the same wage for the same work. All of these things can just accumulate inside of you And whether you know it or not, you've probably got some pretty deep rage in there that wants to be expressed. And what's interesting about this is that we also live in a society that silences that like crazy woman thing. You know, people will say, oh, you're overreacting. You're being too emotional. Calm down. You know, oh, be quiet. You have it so good. All of these different things. And so your body wants to express this frustration and wants to be free of it. And instead we close it up and push it down because we don't want to appear crazy. Uh, Yes. 
you know, I had no idea that I had so much rage in me. Um, Mm -hmm. But the more I learn about it, the more I learn that it's a really creative force, rage and yeah. And I want to actually just say that rage is different from anger. Okay. I'm going to define it my own way. Okay. Anger is more of this direct and fast response to something that may piss you off. For example, you're in traffic. Somebody cuts you off. You get pissed off. You flip them off. You feel anger. You're now angry takes you a certain amount of time to cool down from that or whatever you know somebody says something to you you feel angry you get angry and it passes rage and particularly feminine rage in my opinion is an accumulation of moments of anger that were unexpressed and they've now become something that is very deep in your pussy It's rooted and it sounds like childbirth. It Mm. sounds like it's a different sound than anger. It's deeper and it's something that can be tapped into for for a creative endeavor. Mm. So your song, you can hear when something has an element of rage in it and it's justified. Rage is a just It's like, you've been assaulted. You never expressed the pain from it. You now harbor anger toward men that you never express. And now Mm -hmm. it's been five or 10 years and there's a deep pit of rage that's boiled inside of you now. It's different than anger. Yes, that's a great way to explain it. I was just having a conversation with a girlfriend about this because she's a highly creative spirit. Not only that, but sort of has this like darkness. And she said, she's like, I have so much rage in me. And I just, I know exactly how to use that to my benefit. And she feels like she can sort of spin that rage and push it into this creative space for her. Mm. And it was kind of the only other person who I've talked to that has a similar view of rage that you do, which is interesting. I don't tap into rage often, but I've definitely had moments where that unexpressed rage surfaces. Mm -hmm. Those deep guttural sounds of anger, and it feels like a buildup, a a wave that's been building behind you (laughs) for quite (laughs) some time. Crashes over, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. and expresses, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I guess the difference in the body is that it doesn't feel like that anxious anger where it's like, you did this to me and blah, blah, blah. It's not that hyper energetic anger. It feels like a deep, like, like a Hulk breaking out of his, (laughs) his clothing about to turn into the beast. Right. So if you can imagine, anger feels more like neck up. Mm -hmm. Anger's neck up. Rage is root up. It like comes from the depths of your soul. And most of us have this, that most of us do, because we're affected by our society at large. Some people have a better time expressing it. I've talked to some friends and they don't feel like this relates to them either because they don't feel like they have this rage in there or because they don't have an issue expressing their rage. You know, in our households, when you imagine as a kid, especially a little girl, and you feel mad about something, we're often told, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Just relax about it. I'm trying to think of other things that they say to little girls. Like, oh, it's okay, honey. It's going to be okay. Or when a kid is having an absolute temper tantrum, you often want them to stop doing that, right? So it's like, right. okay, stop doing that. Stop crying. Stop expressing that. And so over time, we learn that 
these bigger emotions that we have as women aren't as welcome. We want at society at large for us to be sweet little girls. You right. hear of like being a sweet little girl. And so this mixed with so many other things makes us feel like if we express rage that we're going crazy and that it's too much. And I also think it's, it is good to say that you're right. I don't feel like some people have that in them. Like I really don't feel like other than the times that I've expressed it, I've even thought like I feel like I'm suppressing this energy I think it does have a lot to do with your personality like you have that personality that people wanted to silence right I don't have that type of personality I'm more of like a quiet observer where you are someone who wanted to say exactly how you felt and express your opinion strongly. And when people would sort of tell you no, it was like, ugh, this like build up of rage inside of you. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I also feel that it's important to say, so yes, of course, personality matters, you know, what your personality is. But also I think it's important to take note right now of occurrences in your life that you may not have been able to process yet Mm -hmm. that would be categorized under an injustice Mm -hmm. because injustice is a rage signifier right when there's an injustice against you whether you feel that like I do, which felt like there was a lot of injustice, even though it wasn't so obvious, I just always felt like the system was against me, you know, especially when I had my bra burning feminist years. (laughs) I was just like angry, you know, take note of the times in your life. If you have had an assault, if you were with an abusive partner, if you were with an emotionally abusive partner and you actually didn't know it but you realize it later and you're like why was I I felt like I was crazy for all of those years or I felt like when I would say something they would turn the message on me if it feels like you've wasted time in your life like five years ten years three years like somebody took those years from you right that all of those are little or big signifiers of where you could be holding on to rage because you may think that you don't have it, but you probably do. Right. You probably do. And when we get to rage, it's a good sign in our spiritual development because you can say, Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm being truthful with my actual experience. Mm. And so many of us don't even know what that's, that's like. Right. Okay. So, when do you feel like in your life you started to discover that rage was inside of you? <laughs> okay, so I had been on a like a bufo extravaganza. Extravaganza. You know, it's interesting because I have really shied away from talking too much about my psychedelic experiences. You know, I know that we had our episode about it and everything, but man, I'm writing my book right now and I have just been muddling over, am I going to write about psychedelics? Am I not? And then my friend, Nichelle and her partner, Alex sent me their podcast the other day that they're going to be launching soon. And I listened to it and it's about, you know, psychedelics. And I was just crying listening because I'm like, I have to mention it. I have to mention psychedelics because I honestly don't know who I would be. I don't know what my life journey would have been like had I not been cracked open by psychedelics. So I want to just say that that might not be your thing as our wolf pack, you know, as any specific listener, but for me, it was my thing. And oh my God, like I I just credit them so much. So anyway, I had done Bufo. I had sat with Bufo twice already 
and I had done two pretty heavy um, hero doses of mu- uh, mushroom ceremonies by myself at this point. Yeah. And I had really been able to experience this wide range of emotions that I didn't realize I was capable of having. I mean, I had laughed at harder than I had ever laughed before. Just, you know, in accumulation of a couple of months, these different experiences were showing me these wide range of emotions. And so I would you know, in a mushroom ceremony, for example, laugh so hard. And then at the same time, feel such deep sadness and just sob. And then be like, oh my God, kind of writhing in like heart pain and, and heartbreak. And then be seeing how incredible the world is all at once. And so I felt like I was being kind of chipped away at, like I was covered in plaster and somebody was kind of, or was kind of sculpting me like, Hey, knock, knock. Here's this. Here's that. My friend who was more of an acquaintance really called me and just said, Hey, I'm going to sit with Bufo at this mansion in Malibu. Are you interested in coming? And I just had the desire to say yes at the time, even though I was, it was totally inconvenient. I, I just knew that something was, for some reason, I was asked to go, to go. And so I drove up and wasn't, hadn't really taken Bufo too seriously at this point because both of my, my first experience with it, I just laughed for 15 minutes and thought that I had nothing to heal from. And then my second experience was more of like a blackout. It was really crazy physically and I woke up sweating and drooling and it was, I knew that I had gone through something, but I couldn't remember a thing. I couldn't right. remember. I just remembered that it was like roots and the depth of the earth. Right. Well, the third time I was the last person to sit with Bufo. There were five or six other people there and she facilitated the ceremony differently. And I was the last person to be served. And she served me. I remember taking the 10 deep inhales, you know, like one, oh 10, God. nine, you know, she's counting my inhale. And the next thing I know, I was like on my feet screaming like in and out of Bufo world and regular world. And I was just screaming, fuck you. Like at the top of my lungs, like, fuck you. Like it was coming from hell. It felt like I was so it, it, it's like thousands of years of rage were coming out of my body. Everything that I had ever wanted my girlfriends to say to their stupid boyfriends that I had ever wanted my like mother or my grandmother to say to their partners that I had ever wanted you to say that any woman that I had ever known it was like like it came out of me in a way that was so power I was like freaking out running around they were trying to make sure that I didn't (laughs) fall down the stairs and so anyway I finally kind of came down from it And when I came back into awareness of where I was, I asked to go in again because I knew that it wasn't over. And so she served me again and I went back into full rage. And it's amazing because after that experience, I feel, I felt more free than I have ever felt in my life. And I also felt more connected to my creativity than I've ever felt in my life. So it's like that ability to feel it and just be really big. Like I had, I wanted to just be really big for my whole life. And for me to be able to just express that in its certainty, you know, that feeling was just so exciting. (laughs) nobody able to tell me to be quiet or calm down like nobody would have been able to hear me it was just for me and 
the people there to witness it. And so it was just everything. It was everything that I needed. It feels so good. I got, got the goosebumps when you were saying that story because it does feel, you can like literally feel it as a woman of like, yes, the anger towards just society and men and the yes. fucking bullshit, you know? Yes. yes. And it was so obvious to me that that's what it was from is just from feeling silenced, you know, and, and thousands of years of feeling silenced like we have middle eastern roots we've never tapped into it and i am not here to talk about islam right now but it's just like everything that's happening in the world still today you just feel like i don't want to have to have permission to fucking drive to the grocery store i don't want to like you know it feels like i just felt like yeah I felt like I felt all women. The so, injustices that happened to our bodies, the, just all of it. I just felt everything, all of it. And yeah. it was incredible. God, it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Like once you tapped into that, like how how did that carry over into your life? Or what did you feel like you then had the permission to express differently in your regular day? Like what? What came from that? Yeah. So at first I kind of was like, whoa, that was pretty crazy. And it kind of did something to my ego a bit because everybody, they were kind of like clapping afterward. Like, wow, that was a crazy experience. And at the time when I did that, I was sort of in this elevated, like, like, uh, I'm having these huge experiences because I'm special and I'm supposed to be like having the biggest experience out of everybody, you know? And so it kind of like touched on this little chord in me that is the, I want to be the star, which is a theme for me. I talked about it yesterday in therapy and I'm excited to explore it. But anyway, so it kind of, I didn't notice what a difference it had until I was more easily able to notice when something would trigger rage. So I would have more of like a tightness in my heart. Like say, for example, in Tulum, there's a lot of construction. There are people from all over Mexico that are not locals. It's just construction people. And walking down the street is an experience that makes me feel rage because I don't feel safe. Right. Whether or not that's true is fine, but it's the cat calling. It's the little comments. It's the, it's all of that. So I just started to be able to tap into more like, Oh, okay. There it is. There's that rage. And I learned and I taught myself how to express it without needing to have without needing to be angry. I don't want to point at people and be like, fuck you for for saying that to me. Like, it's, yeah. it's not a combative feeling. Mm-hmm. It's more of this is for me and I'm expressing something that's coming through my body. And so, okay. so I guess I could talk about that, what that means now because I've created some ritual around rage and I think it's important. Yeah, I think we should teach people how to do a rage ritual. Yes. And so I also just want to point people to our how to stop hating men episode. Yeah. Because I want to be clear that I, while the patriarchy and misogyny and sexism and all of that still obviously upsets me, you can see on my face that I don't harbor anger, right? Like I'm, I'm not walking around feeling angry all the time. And I think that's an important distinction. Right. Working through anger is important. Being able to transform rage into creativity and peace for you is also important. So Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that should be said. We can't just be walking around filled with this eternal rage (laughs) and anger. That's not good for anybody, you or people you are in relationships with. 
okay, one of the ways that we can express this is first, it's important to write down, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, where you feel like you might be harboring rage. Mm. And what this could feel like is if you have a hypersensitive anger drive, like if you're mad about little things or people doing little things really pisses you off and you feel like you Mm -hmm. always have to say something to everybody that upsets you or you just have a trigger that is very easy to push, you probably have unexpressed rage (laughs) and you're trying to express it, but it's not landing because it's not rooted. Mm. Write down things in your life that have pissed you off that maybe you weren't able to express to the person who did it to you, that you maybe weren't able to tell somebody, maybe you didn't feel safe, write it down. Write down those things that have really deeply wounded you. Right. It starts from there. And then you can create ritual around it. Make some intention around wanting to let some of that go and wanting to face it. And this can be, you know, all of the things that we say can be, well, are better in relationship with therapy or coaching or some kind of um, self-development work other than just doing a rage ritual, you know, because (laughs) let's say that you have sexual trauma that you're wanting to express some rage toward. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Tammy, that's a time that I saw you express rage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely touched into rage. And the, when I somatically released that experience, it was very, very rage-centered. Yeah, it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that. It brings me to tears. I'm also bleeding so much right now. I'm just bleeding in my period underwear, and so is Camille. <laughs> We're just bleeding in our period underwear, crying about our rage ceremony. <laughs> Ceremony. I'm like, is this a good episode? <laughs> oh my god. Let's just bring up sadness too, shall we? It's really sad. <laughs> but it can be sad, you know? It yeah. can. So uh yeah. So no, but coupled, you're correct. If you have some type of big trauma and you're also needing to release rage about it. It's not just about that. It also, I mean, speaking on a physiological level, a lot of the time, this is like work that you need to be doing around regulating your nervous system as well. If your nervous system has been in suppressed rage mode, it means that your sympathetic fight or flight system is not working correctly. And that does take work of a professional knowing what they're talking about to help you or at least guide you into even figuring out what safety means in your own body. Right. Correct. Exactly. So what I'm going to share in the ritual that I've created, there are a couple of different ways to do this, but this is a safe way for you to just start tapping into your rage center. And so, you know, in the book Pussy, they she talks about swamping and Camille and I have mentioned on other episodes where we were when we were really drinking a lot of cacao and maybe not blessing it yeah. properly. And right. we were getting so pissed off before we would record and we would just have rage hour where we would turn on music and stomp around and that's basically the first ritual that we're going to talk about. So, it after you write down what you would like to do some work with, maybe what you'd like to release. It can be really helpful to create a playlist that feels like you could get some serious energy out to it. One of my favorite go-tos is Eye of the Tiger. It's the Eye of the Tiger. It's the thrill of the fight. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So that one, um, Thriller, Michael, like, these songs that make you feel something and you can make sure that you're nobody's inside of your house. Yeah. You blast this music and you have your list 
and you say, for this amount of time, I am going to allow myself to feel really a lot of rage. It is going to come up through my core. You turn that music on and you are allowed to stomp around. You are allowed to punch your couch, punch your bed, get your pillow, slam it down onto your bed, stomp your feet, walk around, and you're allowed to say things like, I am so angry. I am filled with rage. This pisses me off. That pissed me off. I'm sick of this. Fuck that person for doing this to me. They betrayed yeah. me. I hate being betrayed. I hated that. Like, <laughs> you are, yeah. And yes. if you can't tap into words that you're wanting to say, if guttural sounds feel better, you can just go, uh, yes. uh this what? sucks. That's, for some reason, I always go with this sucks. This? <laughs> and you know what? I go with this sucks. And also think about ways that a kid would throw a tantrum. So if it yeah. feels good to lay down on the ground and kind of like thrash around, slam your fists on the floor, kind of like putting your arms out really hard, lean against the wall, so, you know, like (laughs) go a little bit nutso. Go a little bit nutso. Let yourself go nutso. Um, Saying things, they don't have to be directed particularly at anybody, but you can say like, this is so stupid. You're stupid. I hate you. Like things that you really want to say or that you would have wanted to say to somebody in the moment, like just let it go, you know? Cause there are so like, I was in a particular relationship where basically the whole time I was with the guy, don't ask me why I stayed, but I would want to punch a hole through the wall and I would want to scream, I hate you. Like, so I would yep. just, like, I would fantasize while we were having these, like, stupid conversations. I would just fantasize about being like, yeah, you know what? I hate you and I'm leaving. I literally, I hate you. I, and I would fantasize about it. It's stupid. It means yeah. nothing to me. Yeah, I hate you. God, I hate you. You suck. You really suck. And so I, would just say that in a rage ceremony. And I cannot tell you, you will probably laugh a lot too. You're allowed to laugh. Right. You do not have to take it so seriously. Yeah. No, I I told Lauren, I've had one rage that turned into sadness, but then I've expressed rage on many occasions where it actually turns into laughter. Right feels good like you're expressing and then once you let it out of your body it's just like whoa (laughs) really funny to feel that way (laughs) yes and it's great you know it's great because it allows you to not take yourself so seriously too you know even the most devastating things that can happen to us we can honor them and really see them for the devastating parts of it but at the end of the day it's like we can reclaim our pain and there can be joy and humor in it. And so that's okay. Wow. That's so beautiful. I just wrote in my notes yesterday about a blog post I want to write that's facing sexual trauma to release identity. Like it it feels Mm -hmm. like, by breaking away from that kind of stuff, you also just let go of of so many things that can hurt you in this human experience by just mm-hmm. facing it and letting yourself move on. Like being like, it's okay to not always hold that. Just like it's okay to not always hold rage. Whenever, whenever you need to get there and let yourself release it, do that. And also those moments where we get to release that pain, that anger, sadness, rage, that brings us back into recognizing how funny the human experience is. Mm-hmm. This is just something I'm experiencing in this lifetime. And that's all it is. Wow. That's beautiful, Camille. Thank you. I can't wait to write a blog post about it. I can't wait to read that. That sounds incredible. Okay. I mean, what he just said, I love that. And 
you know, you're invited as well to share this episode with a friend and do this with a friend. It can be even funnier to do it with a friend. And I also recommend trying it alone. I just wanted to express one more way that I like to do it. Okay. And then I have another as well. I, I, Lauren and I have practiced it together. We have swamped before, which is really, there's something funnier about knowing that someone else is feeling the same way you are. (laughs) You get to kind of see how they express it and then you can try on their way. You can try on their tactic. No, no, like, you know, like that. And then I was like, I want to try that. That looks fun. And like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you actually hit the sweet spot for yeah. me if I do it that way. So that's really fun. My One of my favorite ways of doing it alone, which is something Lauren's showed me, I like to find my voice because I'm, I'm not one to – I'm pretty quiet. You know, like I'm talking I'm a little social butterfly, but I'm not a loud person. I don't have a loud presence. Hmm. So I do, I think the first time I ever felt this way, I was feeling rage towards my husband and we were in the car, me and you, and you're like, do you want to just scream for a minute? And I was just like, oh yeah. And I just screamed, fuck, fuck you. You're stupid. You suck. In the car, in the car with you. And then I've taken that practice and done that by myself quite a few times. Because the car always feels like a sacred space. It's when you're already expressing your best singing tones. It's when you're having those conversations in your mind with people you wish you would have said earlier. Yes. You're doing your best. So to just sit in your safe space and just scream and release some rage feels so good. Yes. It feels so good. It's an assignment I give most of my clients. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. recommend you can do that in two ways. You know, th- there are two that I recommend. You're allowed to go to drive to a spot. Like, I love to drive and overlook the ocean, you know. Sunset clips. Sunset clips. That's my spot. Um, I love that. And to just scream in your car. I also love it when I'm driving down the highway. Windows down and just kind of going a little fast and you're like ah, there's like something with the need for speed plus the rage that just feels good one of the things that i find too is that when you are able to express rage by yourself you direct less anger toward others mm. so a lot yeah. of times we like i said before we express anger at people because and it's like a loose cannon you know you don't know when it's going to come out if you have a little bit of an anger problem you'll know what I mean you just kind of get mad and it's like well you deserve it you know whatever and when you actually integrate rage and realize that it's a powerful part of your feminine energy you feel like it's more sacred and you probably don't want to just waste it on anybody At least that's how I feel. I'm not trying to waste anger ever because I know that it's really powerful. And also, you don't need the commentary or the diversion or the defensiveness of another person while you're trying to express rage. Right. This ceremony is really for you. It's not to express it somewhere else. So learn how to target that and flow it through your body. And it feels so much more sacred than having somebody else's opinion interacting with you with your raging experience. Right. And when you're having that ceremony as well, see if you can really imagine the rage coming up from your pussy and out of your mouth. Like see if you can really ground it or from your feet up your legs, like see if you can get an expression that comes from the base of you. Yes. That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Did you want to share one more way you like to do it? I think you said you have one more way before we wrap up. Well, one more element. So I began to love fire more when I start, when I release rage for the first time. I don't know Mm -hmm. how much it coincides, but I do think that fire is a 
force of an element and it has a lot of anger in there. You can feel a lot of rage with fire. See where you can build some fires in your life and sit by the fire, watch the fire, meditate on a candle. If you have a wood burning fireplace, you know, gather a relationship with fire because that element is so magnificent. I mean, you can watch it literally transform wood into dust. You know, it's like, it's incredible. And you can see how the fire can really rage. And then the embers that burn are the most magnificent colors of blue and fuchsia and orange and yellow. It's it's just an element unlike any of the others, in my opinion. And so having a relationship with fire and mm-hmm. incorporating more fire into your life. I like that offering. I have fire every day in my life. I just want everybody to know. And that's <laughs> not something I used to do often, but I light my incense and have a very specific ritual with like lighting it, letting it burn a long time blowing it out. I do candles every single time I shower. Like it, I have a very specific relationship with oil. With fire. So yeah, I love as well using fire in ritual. You know, I mentioned earlier writing down those things that really upset you. You're allowed to burn them. You're allowed to like put things into the fire. You know, yeah. if you have a article of clothing that reminds you of something you're allowed to put it in the fire you're allowed to write somebody's name down that really hurt you and I'm not talking about black magic I'm talking about release Release. so so placing things intentionally into the fire to say this no longer serves me Mm -hmm. bye-bye you know yeah and watching it burn you know I've had I I had a really powerful ceremony like that where I wrote down things from former relationships that I was no longer bringing with me anymore and just releasing sexual experiences that I felt like were not what I wanted, even though I was saying that I wanted it and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And so that kind of rage is there too, sexual rage. Yeah, finding that and sitting with it. I think something that was really important for me too in learning to express myself was learning to sit with my pussy Mm -hmm. learning that a lot of a lot of power and energy stems from that and you know once you have expressed the rage and gone into that mode I do think it's important to note that that experience is very animalistic it's very primal and let us not forget that animals in the wild when they do some type of ritual like that they then shake it off do a little with their body and then they're usually resting they're exhausted from that experience So rebalancing the nervous system and allowing it to know, hey, I reached this rage and now it's okay to come back down and settle. Mm -hmm. And doing stuff like that for me, it helps to sit in meditation or breath work and hold my yoni, hold my pussy and just not even say anything to her, but just hold her, make, make my body reacclimate and know that it's safe seen and and felt that's such an important part of the ritual is the aftercare of it because mm-hmm. if you're feeling this for the first time or going into like intentional rage release for the first time aftercare which is a bdsm term you know mm-hmm. uh, is important so make sure that you you can take a shower to release it But the point is not to have this rage hour and then go into the rest of your day feeling mad. The point is to release it and then release it. Mm -hmm. You know, journal, play some calmer music or turn the music off and just listen to the sounds of your neighborhood or the nature or whatever is around you. Take a shower, blow out your candles, 
you know, end the ceremony and say, okay, the time is, the time is over. Right. And because we mentioned beginning a timer, giving yourself a certain amount of time, you know, and you can play with this stuff. Any ritual, it's so important to just remember that a ritual is not a recipe for a perfect cake. Yeah. Any ritual can be altered or made into something so beautiful or something completely different. You might end up in a totally different thing where you're like, I'm never going to set a timer. I'm going to let this go through me. And I will, I like feeling angry for the rest of my day, you know, like whatever you need to do, but it's just, this is your permission to express rage in these different ways through fire, through stomping, through saying things out loud, through writing, yes. Yeah. So here's your permission to rage, not be ashamed that you have rage. It's very... This is very, I I never like to use the word normal, but I'll just say it's okay to feel rage. If you have harbored rage, this isn't something you need to be embarrassed or ashamed about. It's also not something you need to verbalize with people. You can just hold this sacred to you and think, actually, yeah, I do have some of this. I'm going to practice a sacred ritual like the dead mothers. Why not try it out? If you're a person who never gets in touch with rage, or just says, oh, I don't have any really anger or rage inside of me. It's fun to just try it out and see what lands for you. And if it just turns into you laughing, you laying on your bed, you thinking it's so funny, that's also okay. It's okay. okay. I just thought about a noise thing. If you live in, like most people do, I'm assuming, in like a condo or an apartment or something like that, you can scream into a pillow. It really helps. You can kind of like get your favorite pillow and then you can kind of be squeezing it and screaming at the same time. Yeah, that's good. That's a, that's a good noise barrier <laughs> for most people who aren't in their own home, middle of right. nowhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> for most people who are not currently living in a van and they can drive into the middle of the desert and do whatever they want. Yeah, Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> if I did that here, trust me, the security guards would be coming up in five seconds. <laughs> Okay, find a good place. Rent an Airbnb in the middle of nowhere. I've actually done that before. I've actually done that. I rented an Airbnb in Joshua Tree and actually had a rage ceremony and then bathed myself under the full moon naked outside. So if you have the then that is available for you. Just know we can go to many different extents to express our rage. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right, Wolfpack, we love you. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to screenshot, share it on your social media, share it with your friends. We have on our website, thedenmothers.com, a space where you can buy us a coffee or leave us a voicemail. But more importantly than that is getting the word out, sharing us, sharing this connection, sharing the connection you have with us. So any likes, comments, shares, ratings on Spotify or Apple help us deeply. We are going to be doing a giveaway soon for people who are adding comments to our Apple and Spotify. So keep an eye out for that. Yes. Other than that, have a fantastic week and we will see you next week. We'll see you next week. Ow, ow, ow.